Welcome to the Shattered into Beautiful podcast. I'm Jeannie Smith, an author, ministry leader, and biblical healing coach. But more importantly, I'm a wife and a mom, just like many of you. Listen, if you're looking for real, authentic talk, you've came to the right place. In this space, you will discover a friend who will connect with your heart as I share my own personal stories and cover many relatable topics. If your heart is hurting, no matter what your circumstances are, there is only one healer. I see you. God sees you. And through biblical content, I will teach you how to leave your pain in the past, receive the gift of whole healing, and soar into purpose. So, are you ready to be restored and become all God created you to be? We are going to trade those ashes for beauty. Let's jump into today's show. Grab your favorite coffee, journal, and Bible. It's time to dig in and unwrap your gift. Welcome back to the show. I'm Jeannie Smith. Well, last week we started talking about escape, and today we are finishing up with part two, discussing denial. So, what is denial? It is refusing to admit the truth or reality of something unpleasant. So, denial is extremely unhealthy, right? Truth is what sets you free, and if you refuse truth, You will stay in a place of bondage and falsehood, and there is no freedom and healing where there is no acceptance of truth. That is such a good word. I hope you have your journals out and your pen, and you are ready to write that one down. Let's say that again. There is no freedom and healing where there is no acceptance of truth. Wow, somebody needs to hear this today. Denial is one of the most common emotional reactions, especially to any form of trauma or loss. And depending on the circumstances, there may be some initial relief, but it won't last. Denial is a way we cope, and basically it speaks to, I can't believe I did this, or I can't believe I allowed this, or I can't believe this happened to me. So we choose to believe a deception and deny the reality. This serves as a defense mechanism that involves ignoring reality to avoid anxiety or create protection for ourselves. It's important to know that denial will run its course and it is a normal response to pain. What is more important is that we learn how to move through these emotions and stages in a very healthy way and not let them manipulate us or trap us. So we were meant to work through these emotions and these stages not to stay there. And no one can tell you how to work through them or how long you should stay in each stage. However, the important thing is you keep moving. So let's look at a biblical example. The story of Peter is the greatest story of denial that we see in the Bible, and I personally love his story because I can relate with it so much, and I find such raw truth there. At the same time, I find such promise and hope. 
There are others that you may relate to, but right now, let's take a closer look at our dear friend, Peter. So when we begin our look at Peter, we want to look at the book of Luke, chapter 22, verses 54 through 62, because here, Jesus was arrested. And when he was arrested, Peter was approached and asked, weren't you one of his disciples walking with him? And here, Peter denies even knowing Jesus just as the Lord said he would. Now, the Lord had foretold that Peter would deny him three times. And in fact, Peter did deny him three times. And when Peter realized what he had done, he ran away. Scripture says he went away and he wept bitterly. Now, what kind of pressures do you think Peter was trying to relieve by his denial? Possibly being arrested himself, torture, crucifixion, which is what Jesus was facing, but ultimately it was to save his own life. So I want to just kind of put a narrative together for you about Peter, and I want you to sit back and just let this story pour over you. I want you to think about how you can relate in regards to your own story. Here is my conclusion of Peter. Peter's story is real. It's personal because Peter's story is our story. It's my story. It's your story. And it's a story of grace, love, and renewal. Jesus called Peter in John 1 after Andrew told Simon that they had found the Messiah. Jesus saw Simon and he renamed him Peter, which means rock. Simon Peter was called again in Luke chapter 5. And there, Jesus told him to become a fisher of men. Now, here we see that Peter was a risk taker. He got out of the boat and he went walking on the water. Peter also went up the mountain and experienced the great transfiguration. So Peter experienced many miracles firsthand with Jesus. But Peter also had a mouth, one that worked for Jesus, but also that worked against him. Peter said Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah, the one they had all been waiting for. Then on the night Jesus was betrayed, Peter opened his mouth again. Peter denied knowing Jesus not once, not twice, but three times. After Peter's denial, something changed. Peter's boldness and confidence were shattered. He was more like sand, not like the rock that Jesus had named him. So his identity had been damaged. It had been stolen. Does that sound familiar to you, to me? Yes. He ran away and he wept after his denial because he knew who and what he was. A sinner in need of forgiveness just like you and just like me. And at this moment, his entire being depended on Jesus. He had to know for himself if Jesus had really risen from the dead, because then, maybe then, he could be renewed. Maybe there was hope. Maybe Jesus would forgive him. Because Peter had failed, and he knew this all too well. He ran from the crowd that arrested Jesus. He did not stand up and acknowledge his friend and his Savior. No, he denied even knowing him after walking with him so closely and witnessing his miracles. Afterwards, Peter returned to his old ways. He returned to what he knew and trusted, you know, what felt comfortable to him. Can you relate with that? Sometimes when we feel like we've 
really messed things up or we failed, we tend to return back to our ways of doing things, not necessarily Jesus's ways of doing things. So Peter's failures haunted him. He couldn't shake the thought of what he had done. He was filled with shame. So he returned to what was familiar, the past. Even as bad as it was, the past is what he returned to, to seek out a living doing what he was comfortable with. And for Peter, that was fishing. He was hard at work all night and he caught nothing. This too is familiar. He was even a failure at fishing. It seemed all was lost for Peter. He wondered how he could even carry on. But then suddenly, a voice called from across the shore. Friends, have you caught any fish? Throw your nets on the other side and you will find some. Where had Peter heard this voice before? He picked up the net and he tossed it on the other side. And what a catch! They couldn't even pull the net in. There were so many fish. Then John figured it out. It's the Lord, he said. That was all Peter needed to know. Erratic, spontaneous Peter was back. He jumped in the water and he swam as fast as he could to the shore. But when he got there, he didn't say anything. No conversation is recorded in the book of John. The rest of them arrived and ate breakfast in silence. Maybe Peter found it difficult to approach the one he ran away from, the one he denied, the one he crucified. Peter needed Jesus to reach out to him, to heal him, and to forgive him. Jesus finally turned to Peter and he said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He asked Peter three times. Peter responded, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Yes, Lord, you know I love you. You know all things. You know I love you. Jesus tenderly reached out to this wounded, frightened child. Peter had made the biggest mistake of his life, and now he faced the one he denied, the one he rejected. Peter couldn't even talk. He couldn't even approach Jesus. Jesus had to come to Peter. And we, friends, are no different. When life's biggest mistakes occur, we find it difficult to go to the one we offended or who offended us or to embrace a great struggle we may be facing. We are more likely to stay in hiding and tuck our sorrow or mistake deep down where no one can find it, to try to deny it and to carry on. However, Jesus taught his disciples something very different in Matthew 18. He said, if your brothers or sisters sin against you, go to them. If they listen to you, you have won them over. Peter sinned against Jesus, and Jesus came to Peter to forgive him and win him over. Jesus also went to Peter to heal him, forgive him, and to restore him. If Peter was going to grow and become the rock that Jesus said he was to be, Jesus had to recommission him and call him again. So Jesus asked Peter if he loved him. His responses empowered Peter to return to ministry. The three questions could relate to Peter's three denials. 
What we do know is that Jesus blotted out Peter's denials, and Peter needed this if he was going to carry out the work that Jesus had called him to do. Jesus was reassuring him of his calling. Jesus renewed in him the authority to preach and teach. And this is the good news for all of us as well. Restoration was necessary for Peter, and it is necessary for us if Jesus had not blotted out Peter's sin, the message of grace would have been canceled. We desperately need to hear this message of grace too. We need to see Peter coming forth as a new man. We need also to know that Jesus can make us new, that the grace of Jesus Christ is as much for us today as it was for Peter then. Jesus recalled Peter and he said, follow me. He did this so Peter would know to continue the work Jesus called him to do. Peter got stronger and stronger in Christ after he was recommissioned. And more and more, day by day, moment by moment, Peter did become the rock. He may have stumbled along the way, just as we do, but the name the master had given him became reality. So, in the story of Peter... Jesus broke the denial. Today, it is the work of the Holy Spirit to break denial. And when he does, he swoops in to comfort and heal us just as Jesus did with Peter. Now, it's time for a little application. I'm going to give you some homework, three things to consider. And it might be a little tough to work through some of these things that maybe you have denied. But the good news is that truth will set you free. So, I'm going to pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would join us because it is you alone that will break denial. Move in the hearts of your sheep. Show us truth and give us the courage to do what it is that we need to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, number one, what are you denying even right now? I want you to think upon that. Maybe journal it. Number two, trace the events of your painful experience. And at that time, what was going on in your mind and in your thoughts? Write that down. And number three, what can you no longer deny about your experience? Now, let's return to our friend Peter and his beautiful story of restoration found in John chapter 21. In 2020, I traveled to Israel and was so blessed to stand on the very shoreline where Peter swam towards Jesus and approached him after the denial. Standing in the very place where Peter was recommissioned was humbling to me, to say the least. I felt my knees wanting to lower right to the ground. And looking across the water, you could envision that moment when Peter was fishing and recognizes that Jesus is standing on the shore and he leaps into the water, swimming as fast as he could, when he hears, it is the Lord, and then rushing towards Jesus's embrace. What does Jesus tell Peter to do in John chapter 21? Well, at the end of that chapter in verse 17, he simply says, feed my sheep. Now, this is profound to me because Peter was one of Jesus's closest disciples. Remember, after Jesus was rejected and left Nazareth, he went to live in Capernaum 
with Peter and his mother-in-law. Peter may have spoken to Jesus more than any other disciple. Can you imagine the relationship that they had? If so, then you can imagine the mournful heart that Peter had after denying Jesus not once but twice but three times. After denying Jesus, Peter went back to doing the only thing he knew to do, fish. After Peter reaches Jesus on the shore, Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? The third time Jesus asked Peter, the Bible says Peter was hurt. I can only imagine the sound of Peter's defeated voice when he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. That's in John chapter 21, verse 17. Then Jesus tells him to feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep, follow me. Jesus recommissioned Peter because he saw his heart and he sees our heart too. I find this very comforting that in all of our mistakes, God sees our heart. He knows when we truly love him and he will seek us out just like he did Peter and he will recommission us again and again to do his work. So, what is Jesus telling you right now? How can you turn your trials into testimonies, your struggles into stories that can help others? Jesus is saying, go feed my sheep. What does that look like for you? Well, it might be talking to a friend, a neighbor, a child, a co-worker. It may be a one-on-one -on -one conversation or a group discussion or a message presented on a platform in front of thousands. But whatever God gives you, just say yes, and you will feed his sheep. My brother Benny, who is now in heaven, would tell you from his own words, it's choice, not chance, that determines your destiny. So choose today to no longer run away. My brother knew what it was like to run away. He ran from many things. Escape and denial was very evident in his life. But in the end, he said, and I quote, It doesn't matter where you go, but who's beside you that counts. Make Jesus your driver in this journey on earth, and you will reach an eternal destination. I want to share a poem my brother wrote. He titled it, Success. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The road to success is not straight. There is a curve called failure, a loop called confusion, speed bumps called friends, red lights called enemies, caution lights called family. You will have flats called jobs, but if you have a spare called determination, an engine called perseverance, insurance called faith, and a driver called Jesus you will make it to a place called success. Well, we are coming to the end of our time together today. And in this moment, Jesus says, I love you. I have come to recommission you. So stop running and stop trying to escape. I ask Holy Spirit to break any form of denial right now. Jesus says, you are my beloved whom I have chosen 
Now go and feed my sheep. I have called you by name, child. You are mine. Now, friends, go and do that which he has called you to do. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you have a great week. As always, it has been my joy to meet with you, and I hope you have discovered another treasure to apply to your life. It is truly a gift from Jesus. I look forward to meeting with you in the next show. I love you bunches. Live life abundantly. If you like Mommy's show, leave a review. Hey, before you go, if this podcast has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to leave a review and subscribe to the Shattered in the Beautiful show. Next, hop on over to the Shattered in the Beautiful private Facebook group where you will find a network of friends with daily inspiration. You can reach me at JeannieScottSmith.com. And lastly, please share the episode or review in your social and tag me at Smith Evangelistic Ministries. I cannot wait to meet with you again. Stay tuned for more life-giving podcasts coming your way. Thank you.